0: to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your host, Robert Hunt. When we look at the week's financial news, that can be a bit confusing, misleading, and take you off course make it actionable, understandable, and clear. A lot of folks thought on this spring break week that I wouldn't be here. Surely, surely he doesn't have the consistency to plow through spring break. But as you know, this was a week of weeks. We had about a month's worth of financial news in one week, so you knew I had to give it to you straight. I had to tell you the news exactly as I saw it. For this week, we've got one story. And for those of you who don't know what that story is, I congratulate you. You have successfully dieted yourself from the news media. And there's a decent chance you're a better investor for it. This week, we're going to be talking about Silicon Valley Bank. Signature Bank. First Republic bank, the run that is occurring and has occurred for both Silicon Valley and Signature, why it's happening, what it means to you, what it is that you should do in light of this news. So let's get into it. Wall Street Journal had an infinite number of articles. I chose one, but could have chosen a lot. I want to start off with my own version of events. It's my typical posture that most of these things are overblown. As a long-term investor focusing on low cost and simplicity, someone else's complexity typically doesn't bother me. That's just their problem. When it, Where it shows up on my doorstep is when fear kicks in, and that's what happened this week. So, for those who didn't follow, the Silicon Valley Bank which was a top 20 bank by assets in the United States and ended up being the second largest bank failure. It did fail. The FDSE took it over in our country's history. It had a run on the bank related to its risk profile. and So did Signature Bank. I want to tell you why. I Had the executive team at Silicon Valley Bank reached out to me and, and two or three years ago told me, hey, this is what we're going to do. What I would have told them is I would have said, well, you have three boxes to check. Are you keeping your cost low? Are you keeping your investing simple? Are you keeping your time horizon long? They would have been able to check potentially cost low. They would have been able to check potentially investing simple. Ah, they didn't check time horizon long. You know that at the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update, we catechize on those three cornerstone truths in the investing world. So what happened? Well, in the Silicon Valley bank meeting rooms, I suspect, I don't know this, but large deposits began flowing into the bank during the COVID times. Or Silicon Valley bank serves a very concentrated clientele, predominantly made up of, no surprise, Silicon Valley types, venture capital groups, startups. They put lots and lots of money into the bank, when all of that was really going gangbusters, as all the COVID money was flowing through. And when all that money was coming in, they had a choice to make. They could match duration, meaning that deposit money is quick money, it's short term money. So they would have had to invest in short term assets to match those durations. But there was no yield there. So as a bank, you're always looking at how do I make money on my money? There really wasn't there and they didn't have enough loans that they could organically create demand for this money. And so they went out and they bought longer duration United States Treasury notes. Now, what could be so bad about that? There's no credit risk, meaning the United States government, it is believed and I affirm it, that there's really no credit risk there. Uh, If the U.S. Treasury note does not pay you have other issues because the U.S. Treasury prints its own money, so it effectively should never not be able to pay interest on a note. What they did incorrectly was they wanted yield, so they bought maturities closer to 10 years. So when the Federal Reserve started hiking their rates, and they earned maybe 1.35% or something on that 10-year money, when the Federal Reserve began hiking. Jerome Powell, inflation's coming. Let's hike, 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 hike. Uh-oh. And longer duration bonds, which is where there is some risk there, they went down. The value of their colla- that their assets went down. And that, that spooks people because that, that means you have less money. It means your bank is, doesn't have as much capitalization, doesn't have as much money in the bank because your asset values are less. That creates fear amongst depositors. That, whoops. We may have a problem here. Our Peter Thiel, we've quoted before, famed uh, Founders Fund, venture capitalist, and also founded PayPal and is kind of a serial entrepreneur has been very successful. He put a a word out to all of his folks, all of his folks' uh, startups and said, hey, pull your money from Silicon Valley Bank. So imagine just this one decision they made in 2020, 2021, to reach for yield. Now, you, if you, if for my faithful listeners, you know I have a quote that Buffett taught me. There's been more money lost chasing yield than at the end of a gun. Meaning, people have lost more money trying to get yield than they have getting money stolen from them in all of humanity. And I agree. So these Silicon Valley bank folks chased yield, they chased yield. They were unwilling to take what the market gives them. Now, let's contrast that with someone else. If we are going to be hard on Silicon Valley Bank, and we are, and say, why would you do this? Why would you risk the entirety of your operation on a one-way interest rate bet? That's what they did. They put, they didn't, I don't know if they knew what they were doing. I, I hope, you hope they would. They effectively said, we're going to bet the entire company that interest rates will not rise that fast. I'm not sure they said that to themselves. They probably didn't think it would happen, but it did. And they therefore zeroed out their equity. Now, could you have seen this coming? I love pulling these things. Could the intelligent amongst us seen it coming? J.P. Morgan <clears throat> reiterated their buy rating on Silicon Valley Bank. They gave it a three hundred dollar price target as of January. Keith Briette and Woods, a full service investment bank and broker dealer specializing in financial sector, reiterated their hold rating with a price target of two hundred and sixty. On the same day that the Silicon Valley Bank announced the balance sheet loss and attempted capital raise. So looks like the experts weren't quite aware. KPMG, one of the big four accounting firms. This is from Jim Garrity. That was from Chad Chubb on on uh, Twitter. This is from Jim Garrity. KPMG, one of the big four accounting firms, gave Silicon Valley Bank a clean bill of health just two weeks before the collapse. And the same firm offered an all's good evaluation for Signature Bank eleven days before it collapsed. That's mm-hmm. Mr. Jim Garrity. So, oh, that create some trust issues, doesn't it? Because if we can't depend on these premier institutions supposedly to do our own due diligence for us who can we trust? Well you can do your own due diligence that's one, that's one thing you can do or you cannot be an individual stock picker because this to me is example number 3,733 on individual stock picking is hard I believe that is a genuine buy rating JP Morgan gave and they just didn't see the bank run coming. Neither did I, by the way. But I am in index funds and hopefully so are you. But let's contrast Silicon Valley Bank because if we're going to be hard on Silicon Valley, we're going to say this is what not to do. And I'm giving you the Robert Hunt version of events, which is, I think they sat in a room and decided, you know, we can get 1.35% on the 10-year bond or we can get close to nothing on the six-month treasury. And we want to have some earnings at this bank. And we have all these deposits. What if we just tried this here? Bought these longer duration bonds. And it ended everything. What uh, what does Warren Buffett do? One of our heroes. Well, he gets made fun of, actually. He gets made fun of. So Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway, you know they only buy short-duration U.S. Treasuries for their cash, basically. And And in letter after letter... Especially in low interest rate environments, he gets harangued by investors and critics alike. Say, what are you doing? You've got $140 billion in cash. You're telling me you're going to earn close to nothing on it? Which is what Buffett's done for years and years and years. And he's been ridiculed for it by all these know-it-alls. Ah, but look what has occurred. What folks thought was a low probability event, the fact that Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve would raise rates as quickly and as precipitously as, as they have Buffett is immune to that did not affect him in any way again short duration US treasury so he's re- able to reinvest those when those treasuries mature boom he's back in he's back in another six months another three month another you know, he's always able to recycle his capital he isn't exposed to these interest rate hikes what a way to run an operation it's no coincidence that he owns a great deal of Berkshire Hathaway, and he's not a shepherd <coughs> who doesn't own the sheep. These are actually his sheep. He's willing to not risk the entirety of his net worth and those of his shareholders. Buffett, who Mr. Tough Love, he said he's quoted as saying, if a bank fails and is required to receive support from the government, The CEO of that bank should lose the entirety of their net worth, and so should their spouse. Because Buffett knows enough to know, a lot of times, it is a choice these bankers are making. So, what are we to do, individual investor? Well, I've been listening to feedback from folks saying, whoops, should I get my money out of my local bank? Well, if you have over $250,000, or you're over the FDIC limit, maybe... Maybe you should. I think there's probably a better argument to be made. You can move it to a Vanguard money market fund and probably earn more on your interest at 4.5%. So if you were on the edge already, sure, you should do it. Uh, It's my belief that most banks are probably fine. The government has effectively guaranteed this. Paradoxically, the safest bank, the safest bank in the world right now, it's actually Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank. The government has issued a decree that all deposits are guaranteed. They've not issued that decree for any other bank. So it's a little ironic and it's probably cold comfort for most depositors, but if you had a trillion dollars, the safest bank would be Silicon Valley Bank today because the government has changed the rules. But I I would tell you, keep things simple. Don't, Don't go opening five, six, seven accounts at banks all over town if you have too much cash. Just link an account to Vanguard or any other money market fund and throw the money in the money market fund. My market fund is invested very conservatively. And if you want to really nerd out, you can go read about how it invests in securities. But it's a very short term duration, like 30 days, 40 days, 15 days of what would effectively amount to U.S. Treasury type instruments, repurchase agreements. You can Google what those are, very low risk. And then you don't have to worry about the FDIC limits if it really is keeping you up at night. So you do that. Um, but keep it simple. I, I don't. I'd advocate running around going to a bunch of different banks and opening stuff up. If you have over the $250,000 limit, just link it to a brokerage account and send the excess over there. If, if you're worried about it. If not, do not, don't worry about it. And then as an investor, what are we to do? What are we not to do? So this is a great sea change. Whenever two big banks' signature in Silicon Valley go bust like this. We, we can, you know, The news has been hyperbolic on Oh no, the world is ending. What are we to do? A great sign of a good financial advisor for those of you listening to this podcast who don't employ Robert Hunt. Hopefully that's a lot of you because that would mean a lot of people are listening to the podcast. If your advisor is implementing a whole bunch of changes in light of this event, red flag, red flag, that's not a good idea. The idea that a whole whole change needs to occur because of this means they're really just reactive folks. They really didn't have that strong a plan to begin with. And you may need to reevaluate your advisory relationship. If you have a strong plan, it doesn't mean you can't amend it or adjust it based on a change in your life. But it should be a change in your life. Perhaps a realization that your risk profile is not as aggressive as you thought. That's 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 permissible. But this shouldn't this shouldn't cause concern to where you're moving money in and out of different investments, or you're changing strategies, you're you're reshuffling where money is. Have a simple plan, have a long-term plan, have a low-cost plan, and it will be able to ride out these sorts of events with ease. Now, This is how quick the the news changes. I like to quote by, I saw on Twitter by Warren Buffett. Now, interest rates may go lower. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, The market is now predicting they will go a little bit lower. But in the 2000, the year 2000 Berkshire Hathaway letter, that's what we do here, Robert Hunt Financial. We we dig. Other podcasts aren't doing this. In In the year 2000 Berkshire Hathaway letter, Buffett talked about the best time to buy stocks. Because a lot of what's happening now is when these fears start creeping in and interest rates are higher like this, people want to instinctively... Myself too, my flesh, wants to go to the six-month U.S. Treasury. That's the flesh now. Wants that stuffed animal. Wants that guaranteed return. It's dropped now, but it used to be 5%, a little less than that. But when is the best time to buy stocks? What does Buffett say? Now, we're going to have to translate this because we're long-term investors, not market timers. Buffett says this. The best time to buy stocks actually was in recent years, you know, has been when interest rates were sky high. And it looked like a very safe thing to do to put your money into treasury bills. Well, actually the primary got up to 21.5%. But you could put out money at huge rates in the early 80s. So you guys may remember Mr. Paul Volcker trying to tame inflation the rates were really high. Interest rates were really high. You heard that right. 21.5% was the primary rate. Buffett continues, and as attractive as that appeared, it was exactly the wrong thing to be doing. It was better to be buying equities at that time because when interest rates changed, their values changed even much more. So, I like the long game that index fund equities provide and Buffett does too. We can take this quote and use it as encouragement to stick with... A strategy. Don't rotate into short-term treasuries just because, you feel like. If that's part of your plan and you you need the cash for something else in a short time frame, fine. But the idea that that's going to take you home from an investment standpoint is not a good one. You can look at the big chart. The big chart says the winners in the investment game held equities over a long period of time. It wasn't gold, wasn't bonds, was it wasn't, wasn't corporate bonds wasn't U.S. treasuries wasn't long duration short duration bonds it was equities long term equities so be willing to stay invested in times like these the days of the summer soldier it said are long gone and so it is that the summer investor days are long gone this is when investing is not quite as fun, is it? it? takes a little bit of nerve. What are some exercises you can do to help you? I'd say read Buffett's letters. Don't watch TV. Read Bogle's books. Don't watch TV. Read timeless, classic financial literature and make your digestion of the financial news ever so small if you're able. Because what you feed yourself with is what's going to ultimately come out in actions. As we know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, so it is out of the overflow of the the brain, you're going to act. Your thoughts are very powerful. So what are you feeding your financial thoughts? Are you feeding on catastrophe and alarmism and rotating into various strategies? Or are you feeding yourself with Solid financial truce. Stick with those solid financial truths. What are those truths? Keep your costs low. keep your investing temple, keep, keep your, your time right and long.